Trident Wargame. Build it, paint it, play it. New releases, new experimental rules, and we talk shop about deployment for bolt action. Let's check it out. Welcome to Trident Wargaming, a podcast dedicated to all aspects of tabletop wargaming. Your hosts are Bill and Andy. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another bolt action episode of Trident Wargaming. This is episode 37, and I am your host, Andy, and today with me once again, a good friend, Jason. He's joining us here. How's it going, Hi. Jason? Good, good. Excellent, excellent. So, ready to talk some bolt action? Uh, I figure so. I don't know if you learn <laughs> anything, but I'll talk about it. Right on, right on. Uh, so in this episode, uh, just a few topics kind of go over. Of course, we'll go and uh, talk about what we're working on and whatnot. But um, there's some some new stuff on the horizon. Um, so we'll be kind of talking about a little bit of that and uh, a couple of the new miniatures and stuff that we've been seeing online, plus some uh, experimental rules and stuff for like war planes and bolt action. And then uh, kind of our main topic actually is knowing your deployment um, just from units to to be deploying the different kind of missions, you know, different scenarios, that kind of stuff. So just a little overcap of what uh, what this one's about. Let's start off with uh, what's what's on your uh, workstation. What's going on? Well, my uh, my workstation is uh, tackling my uh, pile of shame. So <laughs> I've been working on uh, winter uh, Stalingrad uh, or uh, Stalingrad uh, Germans. Okay, right. I've been working on uh, French partisans to give me a break from, uh, you know, various greenish grays uh and then i've been working on uh black powder uh union army in uh 28 millimeter scale nice yeah you have a fair bit of that from remember yeah. what we were talking about so. <laughs> just like uh 500 of them or so but uh no, I hear you. I'm, I'm kind of actually, as you're saying that, I kind of looked over at my pile of shame, and uh, it's it's actually leaning right now. So, <laughs> uh -oh. at any minute, if I budge the desk, it might topple over. But um, no, that's cool. I know we had a lot of products on the go, and I know we were playing uh, in the past few weeks, the last month there, um, before we got shut down again. But um, it was good to get back out rolling some dice for when we could and uh wow. just so many more projects and so many new ideas kind of hit us all at once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right black powder all that stuff yeah um, black powder for sure with the that'll be exciting that'll, that'll be pretty awesome uh it was a pretty fun game and uh maybe we'll have to do an episode on that once we get some more games under the under our belt and whatnot and just yeah kind of our, sure. our initial thoughts on it but uh, yeah, myself, uh, the usual, you know, kind of all over the place. Uh, as for bolt action, um, still, still plugging away at those Germans slowly. I got some touch-ups to do. I noticed uh, just from transportation, the magnets didn't hold quite well. Mm. Um, so there's that. Plus, um, you know, just what army am i going to do next or terrain and i think terrain might be the uh, the big one as we're kind of going into the end of the the year trying to get stuff prepped for next year um so lots of mdf terrain to build there and <laughs> of course trying to figure out uh just 3d printing stuff too right so but uh painting just whole bunch of other systems right now and slowly on the germans again um i did get my uh my stug 33b which i need to get painted up nice. that army so um nice. yeah that was a good find but can't remember the name of the place i got it from but it's a good kit it fits right in so so cool yeah okay. so uh 
pretty much that's you know stuff we're working on but what's new in this crazy world of the internet and wargaming and uh, just recently they you know released a pre-order of uh the new campaign book the uh yeah. the italian soft underbelly release i'm excited yeah i i've talked about this book a while back and i've also talked about other stuff that's coming out here that we'll talk about as well um i mentioned probably about a year ago i mentioned it and just kind of heard things and, and read some stuff and also yeah, got it's been a long time also got word uh you know from one of the guys from War of games as well um that stuff is coming on the horizon so um pretty much it is happening and yeah this this book uh jason i don't know if you if you read any of the uh community warlord community uh, articles or anything on them but just like most of the other books you know uh new scenarios theater selectors for like the british and the u.s and the germans and of course the italians right yeah so yeah i did see uh ortona which i'm excited to see also known as uh stalingrad of the west okay yeah yeah it will be a uh pretty brutal uh scenario i'm thinking without seeing it uh canadians involved of course uh so that'll be interesting to play out yeah i know it's... Course, i'll have to do italians and i'll have to do uh <laughs> canadians in italy because two other canadian armies isn't enough <laughs> i still haven't made one so <laughs> but uh, you know me i got tons of other stuff going on too but it, it's pretty neat because like it's um you know it focuses on operation husky you know in the the airborne and the naval invasion of like sicily right so uh it's pretty neat they'll have pretty much like the advance all the way up the italian peninsula towards like rome so lots of scenarios um I'm sure it's probably going to be as thick as some of these latest scenario books or uh, uh, campaign books that they have been releasing. Which are great, by the way. I lo I'm loving the campaign books. Mm -hmm. Even, you know, the uh, the ones I'm not necessarily uh, planning on making an army for, I do like they're good reads. They're, they're decent books. They're well made. I'm, I am a fan. Yeah, no, I I know I've bought the majority of them. I think there's a few I might be missing. Like I literally have to make a catalog of which ones I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's the good information in it, and just just tons and tons of like options and scenarios and different theater selectors, like we mentioned. And it's just even the special rules that they usually come with at the back, you know. Um, yeah. Like deep mud and stuff like that, right? But uh, fun to throw into, uh, you know, other games, too, which is something I kind of want to do is uh, go through and pick and compile and, and oh, 100%. Uh, you know, get 100%. some of those dug out for our, our regular old games, too. Yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe that's something we do, actually, is make a list and start trying them out eventually. Right. And uh, just throwing them in games and have, mm -hmm. a, have a game night where, OK, guys, you know we're throwing these special rooms in, into your games try them out go you know totally so that'd be awesome um so yeah so so not only is the campaign book coming out but uh warlord games open day revealed some new miniatures as well for the italians which mm. super super hype for because they definitely needed um new miniatures or, or more units right because they only really had uh, the one or two um, box sets and from what I've read here and I think it's on their community page that um, first off there's a plastic Italian set coming up yeah right? which is just gravy you know um, it's pretty much plastic Italian army uh, and or black shirts and the, the plastic boxes are great because with it, as long as they follow the same recipe they have been, 
you know, within that one box, you'll get 30 guys probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, with those 30 guys, they generally give you enough options to do two kind of full basic squads and then an officer and some support. Yeah. Uh, so in that box, you're probably going to be able to sneak out 400 points. You know, oh, maybe for a sure. little more. And then, uh, so right there, so one purchase and you're almost at a at an army, you know, that you can play. Uh, I like it. Yeah, it, it's interesting because I'm actually looking at the sprue right now online. And um, the usual, you know, rifles, the, the LMG is in there. Um, <clears throat> possible sniper rifle, I'm not sure. That could be another LMG. But um, they have, uh, it looks like, three, three or four different sets of heads, right? Ooh. So you have, there's, there's options there. There's uh, uh, the Bursal Galari, probably butchered that, but... Um, <laughs> Close enough anyway. So you, you have them. You also have the Alpini Mountain Troops. Yep. That you can use, and then you have your normal helmeted, you know, uh, Italian infantry. And then there's a couple others there, too. I can't quite make what they are, but um, they could be just uh, different military hats, right? Um, and then it looks like yeah. maybe there's some officer uh, heads as well. So, but no, kit kit looks pretty nice. Standard. Uh, you know, you have your advancing, your kneeling, uh, you're taking the stance and firing kind of position. So, uh, looks pretty good. Um, not only with just the plastic kits, but um, they do have other kits coming out too. And from what I read is they're actually, the old line oh. is being completely replaced. So... Um, you will be getting the Italian uh, Guastatori Assault Engineers and also the uh, San Marco Division Marines. And then you have the Italian Colonial Troops, uh, the Eritreans. Eritreans, I think. Eritreans? Right. Yeah, I can't tell what. The, yeah, it is Eritreans, actually. Um, so looking at them they're they're look like like i was talking before they're all pewter um, but from what they say is that they are um pretty much to be like up to par with the plastic miniatures uh for their molds and stuff so it's, it'll be pretty nice to see them too and they they look really nice the sculpts look really really nice so nice. yeah i was looking at the pictures lot, lots of options there plus they have um of course uh there's new vehicles coming too um i know there's some uh, resin fiats you know 66 trucks and uh, scudato armored versions of them and then you have your tanks m11 39 mediums and stuff like that um so yeah they're they're doing a fair bit of work on them they're bringing a lot of units for them which is great uh hopefully we'll see a, an influx of italian players you know uh, i know we had one in our community um but kind of just uh disappeared <laughs> yeah. but i know i'll i'll definitely get myself an army of them just because so um yeah pretty cool I like the direction they're going. I like to see more of that happening, and uh, they're definitely on the right path. So uh, hopefully, hopefully my French will get that same love at some point. But you know, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. If not, well, you know, still got my old stuff. So <laughs> yeah, you can console yourself with the baguette. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but going forward, a couple more things for what's new. Um, War Games Atlantic has actually brought out uh, some new kits as well. Um, funny enough, it's there's an Italian plastic infantry kit that they're coming out with, 
so it's kind of perfect timing for what's going on here too uh, pretty detailed kit as well looks looks pretty decent um, looks like there's actually a fair bit of options to them uh, on the sprues I've never gotten one of these uh, kits and um, I think down the road in the future I'll probably order a couple and do an unboxing of them nice um, but I am you know the, the Italian kits I think I'll stick with Warlord just because their new stuff is coming out for sure yeah um, but uh, there's also they also have their French which is a World War One World War Two kit which is pretty cool um, it's a plastic French infantry and like Senegalese kit that would be uh, nice. Lot, lots of options there. Um, again, you get like 32 guys or something like that. And uh, I want to see what they're like compared to the pewter ones that I have already. Because yeah. as, as you know, Jason, I got tons of French. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, just see the options, see the molds, see if they are similar size. Because I know you mentioned that some yeah, of their molds are a little different for size yeah this the scale might be a bit different but i'm not entirely sure so i'd like to see it too because i'm interested in their uh french resistance box actually not gonna lie i'm more. probably gonna order it tonight so there you go <laughs> yeah, well, try so, to convince you to give those to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, model-wise, that's just some of the stuff that's kind of coming out that kind of ties in with uh, a lot of this new release stuff. Um, we also have uh, one of the other new things that kind of came down the pipe a little while ago was the experimental rules for warplanes in bolt action. Now, there's actually a lot of details to, uh, to these experimental rules. Now, are these the same experimental rules that they had out with the first edition uh, just updated or are these completely new? I'm not sure. So that I don't know. I'm not sure because I actually never played first edition of Bolt Action, oh, right? Yeah. Um, but this was like September 1st by Alessio uh, yeah. Cavartor. He... Um, he released those and uh it's pretty neat like you're playing pretty much you you pick a point on a random table edge that your plane comes in and you actually pick a target unit that you're going to attack and then you take your plane and you zoom it straight up to to the um target unit and and leave 12 inches in between right yeah and if you can't place your model, then you just move it as close as you can where you're able to place it. And then there's there's things where you, you know, you can fire your planes, weapons, and stuff at them. There's also the flak, uh, flak attack. Pretty much, you can fire at the plane. Uh, the planes have different um, weaponry. They actually have a list online here of the planes that you can buy and whatnot. And in order to like destroy the plane, uh, when you roll to hit, you're always needing six to hit, but a normal six to hit, you actually, um, on the damage, they're treated like soft skin vehicles. Okay. But when you score a damage result, um, it doesn't just automatically destroy the plane it actually ends up putting pins on the plane and you can only do that with uh, weaponry that is flak or small arms fire that has uh, a 12 inch plus range so pretty okay. much rifles right and maybe machine guns um, so they end up any damage you do is you actually end up putting additional pins onto the plane once that plane reaches six pins veers off leaves the battle or is destroyed whatever the case may be right yeah um but in the turn that the plane comes on and it does that and let's say it doesn't take six pins and then the, and then its next 
activation or whatever, it has to do a run order where it flies off the board. On the next turn that it comes in, all those pins are gone. So you oh. have to you have to try to destroy it in that single round. Yeah. Right. Which That's fun. you know you could do, but um, the thing with the plane is it pretty much it's not on the board dealing damage every turn. It's like every other turn. Yeah. Right. So. If I remember correctly, what is there like dog fighting in these rules too? Uh, apparently there is. Um, yeah. I'm not. It's well, warplane visits own, warplane. Is yeah, what it is. You can, you can make that plane cheese off with your own planes, which is kind of uh, pretty fun, pretty uh, uh, cinematic concept. You know, the uh, troops fighting below and the the dog fighting in the skies above, or the mm -hmm. you're trying to to protect its airspace, protect you from from uh, getting attacked yeah so pretty pretty much it's like it, it's done exactly like you were attacking ground targets so you simply yeah. fly your warplane until it's uh it ends its move 12 inches from the enemy warplane while it's on the table um and then if your final position if your your target's rear arc um you're actually hitting on a four plus rather than a six right nice. it's like you're tailing the other plane right no modifiers apply um, you know, however, if the target has a machine gun in the rear arc, it will shoot as if it was an ambush against your attacking plane before you can open fire, hitting on a five plus. So, okay. Um, so yeah, it's you know, intervening terrain is ignored, of course, because they're flying so high above yeah. fighting each other. And then, um, they have other stuff here too, where it's like air superiority interceptor ambush. Uh, not sure haven't read that part that far into it um <laughs> yeah apparently if your interceptors are in reserve they can be ordered to ambush and if they do this the plane is waiting high in the clouds ready to dive against the enemy aircraft that approaches so any interceptor in ambush could come in against an enemy warplane that is about to attack a ground target and then it goes into the rules of how that's actually done and then he can try to zap them. So, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's fun. It just gives another element to think about. Yeah, and there's, like, I was reading on the, the weapons, actually, for the warplanes, and uh, they have, I believe it's rockets and bombs, mm -hmm. and they're treated as, um, so bombs, I believe, are medium howitzers, and mm -hmm. rockets are heavy howitzers. And they can only be fired a number of times. Um, the weapons have like a, a number in brackets. Yeah. So which pretty much gives you that, you know, um, payload that they have, right? The limited yep. payload. So uh, it's pretty neat. Like I'm looking here at some of them. They have, uh, you know, a Junkers JU-87 Stuka dive bomber. It's 100 points. For inexperience, 125 for regular, 150 for veteran. It's got two MMGs and bombs and two in brackets, all covering the front, and then one MMG covering the rear. So pretty pretty standard kind of um, weaponry, right? It, it, they've all they've taken it all and they've all converted into actual bolt action. Like it's nothing new, right? It's not some kind of new thing. Um, so it's pretty neat, you know. They have the they have light auto cannons as well, and HMGs. So, and the prices aren't, you know, they're not. Some well, if you go veteran, you're you know you're going like two eighty eight kind of thing, right? For some of the the planes. So depending on how much yeah. you want to spend on it, you know. In my mind, you're agreeing with your opponent that you're going to use these rules in advance anyway. Yeah, and say so you're playing a twelve hundred and fifty point game, you just say, okay, we're playing twelve hundred and fifty points. We each got, uh, you know, instead of twelve fifty, let's play fifteen hundred. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Oh no, that's true. That's it, a good one. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to take away from your ground game. Uh, you have an additional this many points to use for. Yeah. Or warplane. They even have French warplanes. Ooh. Ooh. I, <laughs> I love. 
like obscure tanks and aircraft that aren't super famous so mm-hmm. that's uh i'm all over that nice well i'm gonna have to get my german model kits all done up then i have a messerschmitt and a, and a stuka that i can build so uh, which which probably can be used for blood red skies as well or big red skies so well that's true the 72 uh 172 scale yeah so game. i'm eventually yeah. going to look into that game too i have i have the the one the older uh, version of it i'm not sure if the new stuff that they brought out is actually a new version or not but yeah we'll have to check that out and incorporate it eventually but Sweet. yeah cool it's uh some some good rules in there check it out they actually have quite a few different uh warplanes uh for all the major um factions and then plus they have italian and uh, french so check all that out uh, throw in your games let us know what it's like seems uh seems like it'd be a good time seems fun can't hurt no 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 not at all so uh yeah i know we'll probably check that out eventually when we start playing again but yeah going forward onto our main topic <laughs> uh so yeah knowing your deployment um this was kind of just something i was thinking about as we were playing games and as i was kind of talking with bill you know teaching him the game and whatnot and um came up in a mission where we were playing the mission and uh, we actually didn't really quite go through the whole mission and I forgot that the reserves come in a different way right it's I can't remember the mission but it's like you end up coming from whatever side that your opponent hasn't come on or you have the oh option that's to. right that I forget what the rule was called but basically you're at you're allowed to come in as reserves from any table edge other than the one that your exactly enemy's last unit came in on. So if your last enemy's last unit came from the left table edge, you can go from yours, his, or the right table side, but not the left. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So with this, you know, um, you definitely want to know and kind of analyze like the missions and the kind of different setups that you're going to run into because you know half of the missions are pretty much battle scenarios the other half are attacker defenders and they each have different setups right you're not just doing a standard dawn of war where it's just across the table right you you have other missions where you're setting up half of your army in the middle of the board and you got to fend off until your other reserves come in so uh different missions different setups different uh deployments um and then of course there's reserves which you know can be troublesome and whatnot so it's it's totally a, a good to point out it is absolutely worth just taking the two minutes before the battle and read the scenario yeah <laughs> make sure you know what the victory conditions are this is, this is it's such a bummer when you go through a great game you're having a great time and you realize that neither of you can win because you both forgot what the yeah you fumbled on the, the mission did you, you yeah what the mission was or you you misunderstood the mission or or you got the one part of it but not the other you know yes yeah, two it, minutes politics and it's it's funny you mentioned that because like that's exactly what happened in uh, mine and bill's match because we we're looking at it right and it's like okay well you got to come and take out my commander in close combat right oh yeah like yeah. That, that that was the mission right and it's like okay well of course you know i overlooked that other set of uh um scenario rules that you could come from whatever direction um oh, so and it was like what was that jason so he can't just park his commander you know in the very far 
corner or something, you know. Exactly. Like your commander started in the middle. But yeah. um it was when we looked at it afterwards and I realized the mistake, it was like, oh, that would have made a big, big difference. <laughs> Huge difference, right? Because you would have actually had the opportunity to get in instead of just coming in from one side. So um yeah, like again, check out your mission for sure. <laughs> But um, but going on with like the missions, like one of the things points I have here is comparing those games where you have your first wave and then you have your units that go on reserves, right? Now we all know that rolling for reserves can be a pain in the butt, <laughs> especially depending on. Um, what kind of morale your army has i find and, go ahead and what uh what army you're using right the u.s yeah have the uh good communications or brilliant communications whatever the rule is where they get they they don't suffer the minus one uh, to the reserve. reserves yeah yeah definitely it's uh like and like for my uh, my French army, because a lot of times I play inexperienced, when I'm playing that that kind of uh, game, a lot of times I'm failing my rolls, right? Yeah. So, like, half of my army is still stuck in reserve turn three. Right? Another important point is uh, it's important to check, because it could be uh, misread, does this scenario require that half your army is put in reserve? or allow you to put up to half your army into reserve yeah uh so it's worth double checking that that small point before you worry you know like oh i don't want to put guys in reserve but i you know <laughs> take the second to double check because you might not have to i know personally a lot of times if the scenario has preparatory bombardment uh -huh. i'll consider using reserves otherwise i generally don't i like having uh because like all your options on the board right exactly yeah. and you know that's me too ready to rock and roll and i i just have such bummer luck that <laughs> i don't want that guy stuck out of the battle for the whole freaking game that's the worst Win or lose, I'm fine and dandy, but gosh darn, I want my units to play. Yeah, and that and that goes into account with, like, we're talking about reserves, right? But it goes into account of what, like, if you're forced to do that, if you're forced to have a first wave, what units make, you know, uh, good options for that? What units would you put in reserve? Because you think, okay, well... I need oh. them on the board right away to, to actually start doing something, right? Things I like to put on the board, for sure, and I don't really ever want to put in reserve are artillery. Yeah. Just to get the... They're going to be one of the few units that are probably going to be able to shoot in the first turn. So to not get a first turn with that unit sucks. Uh, same as uh tanks and uh any recce vehicles because i like i you know for the tanks the same reason if i know i probably if i'm going to get a shot in the first turn it's going to be because of a, of a tank or a big gun uh, and recce i like to be able to suck away enemy shots because mm -hmm. all the recce vehicles are kind of annoying enough that they don't want to risk you driving up there so if they have something that can shoot at it they they'll consider it and uh, possibly make you recce away which is great because it means that their tank's not shooting my tank or <laughs> or whatever right and if they don't then my recce vehicle can get in behind and cause all sorts of mischief so i like having those up front also it depends to if I have something that I have to lock down, like a, like an objective that I have to uh, uh, secure, yeah. I mean, 
getting into and a lot of these objectives i mean when i'm playing at least normally i want you know people are putting them like oh that building is a those ruins are object you know they're in the flavor of the game they're generally points that could conceivably be worthwhile uh so it's a good idea to get into the cover make them fight you out of it rather than you fight them out of it so you know those kind of considerations too and if you have to move infantry i play airborne uh, a lot of times so if i have to hump my infantry across the table i don't have time to waste coming on turn two i need to get hoofing it as quick as i can you know oh exactly exactly there's uh like there's there's a whole bunch of things to 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 consider um especially like you were just talking about like the mission right like do i gotta capture the opponent's hq do i have to uh hold down you know um objectives do i gotta destroy the enemy base like in the one mission right that kind of thing and you know sure like you you also gotta think too like is there kill points right like so if i'm deploying my first wave units and let's say i've got five units and i'm placing down you know an mmg team a mortar team a sniper team you know uh, my hq and and an infantry squad well more than likely that infantry squad is going to stay alive on the board but those small teams you know uh they could easily get picked off yeah right? that's true and, and and that's the one thing that kind of sucks about that because like if as an example my mortar team if i keep him in reserves well he's not doing he's not doing anything right yeah he's going to come on i'm going to position him and then it's going to take another turn finally in position now he can fire yeah so assuming and, everything goes great you yeah. get him on on your first reserve roll He's not firing till turn three. Yeah. Which, halfway through a standard game. Which, you know, is that a waste? And you need a six to hit. Exactly. Right? So you're not going to get him on, in on turn three. And at best, a mortar's, if he has six turns shooting, he's going to hit once. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he might be a little better than that, but that's above average. So those kind of things yeah and, put them out. and it, it's also too like when you're deciding what you're bringing on or what you have to deploy because there's the missions where you have your first wave and it comes on or you have the mission where half of your army is deployed mm-hmm. right so now it's like okay i have the option of deploying these units let's take advantage of the cover let's put our units in cover so now you now you got some options right now okay i'm in some hard cover so he's already getting a two minus two he's probably going to be firing at long range he's probably going to be moving to cut that distance down you know so now what i what do i put well okay that howitzer yeah it's going on the field it's it's going to be firing away like let's make these things work and then when it comes to to kill points and stuff you're pretty much going to be thinking of what enemy units can i target and knock out quick to pretty much dismantle my opponent's uh you know killing ability with his units right you have a sniper you have a pretty good chance of taking mmg teams mortar teams out you know uh, bazooka teams all those little teams that as soon as you knock out the gun they're done you yeah. know what i mean or if he hasn't a sniper on the board and you have the ability to take his sniper out boom you take him out now there's that huge deterrent of like he doesn't have a sniper anymore my yeah, team can't uh, target your vulnerable team weapons exactly or you have an observer or you have a spotter you know but that, in all fairness, snipers always miss. They do. Or they'll they'll my, hit every time, but they'll <laughs> fail to wound. My my sniper on my last round actually did quite well, 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's the one <laughs> shot, right? It's the one yeah. shot. But if you get it through, he's he's a champion, you know. <laughs> so every once in a while, there's a game where they pay for themselves. Otherwise, <laughs> they're just super cool. <laughs> so I still take them. Yeah, super cool. He's out good in game. See, and that's that's the thing too, like with deployment and and whatnot as well, is positioning. You know, positioning your units. If you know you only have half of your army on the board, and you're kind of looking across the board, and you're looking at the opponent, you're like, "Ooh, he's got a tank. He's got some heavy guns. You know, um, you might be out of range or something like that." Use that terrain to block that line of sight to buy yourself yeah, some time. Yeah, sometimes the best way to deal with a tank is to have him have nothing to shoot at exactly yeah so you might not take out that tank but if that tank doesn't take out i mean even a cheaper tank is generally 200 points plus you know besides some of the really early war stuff yeah i mean you there you go you just essentially wasted 200 points of his no definitely definitely it's it's all tactics. It's all um, just kind of observing the battlefield, even with terrain, right? Like, if there's if there's not a lot of line of sight blocking terrain, which I really doubt in a game of bolt action, because there usually is a fair bit. Um, you know, if there isn't, try to utilize that cover that's going to give you the most, right? You know, don't don't pull an Andy and and stick your unit in the open right off the bat and then just get pulverized and you're always doing down orders on them because they're just pinned, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I, sometimes I do that on purpose to, to just show new players what, you know, what can happen. Yeah. Um, especially with like the mechanics of the game with, you know, the pinning mechanics. It's always nice to show people what, how the game works. Um, but in like, you know, uh, just my regular matches that I play or if I'm playing in a tournament, uh, definitely, you definitely got to look at the field. You definitely got to look at your setup. You think about um, what units of yours are going to be the most effective where and when, right? Um, being, yeah. it, being it first wave or being it first deployment or maybe there is a unit you want in reserve or you know what, I want all my fast units on the board now just because of this mission is for me to get off the opponent's side of the board to score points. Hey, yeah, I got me. that I got that fast truck that's carrying six units. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> right? You know, or you have them in reserve and round two, nothing. Round three, nothing. Round four, nothing. Ugh. You know? Yep. If I had better luck, maybe I'd use reserves more. Because there, there are situations, we listed a lot of bad times. Yeah, with like outflanking, um, I don't really use it that often. Um, maybe, I think I've seen maybe used a few times, but you, uh, pretty much your unit, like, gets stuck in reserve for a while. And then there's an increased chance of where they're able going to be able to deploy. So that's an option as well. Especially for uh, armies like Dustin's uh, LRDG, mm -hmm. where they're all mounted in their trucks with 800 machine guns and <laughs> pop on behind you and machine gun you to death. It can be pretty uh, brutal. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And then there's flamethrower teams and stuff like that too that can take an effect, right? So Yeah. But... But yeah, like overall, there's there's other things to, to think about as well. Um, you know, like Jason mentioned earlier with prep bombardment, do you want to keep stuff in reserve so they don't get hit by it? Or are you going to leave stuff on the board that um, can actually take the hit? You know, I don't know how many times and even in the last four games, I've lost my commander because of prep bombardment, you know, just a big old splat. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. You and know, remember, you know, like, Prep bombardment only does one wound. Yeah. So 
I mean, having a squad out there, it is really a big deal. You might get a couple of pins to start off, but yeah. if you take your first turn to rally with the odd unit, it's not that bad. But if your commander gets smacked, or or a uh, you know a sniper or something like that, or a vehicle, can really be a, a big uh, downer advantage yeah. to the uh, enemy right away. Oh, definitely, and that uh, that's happened to me quite a bit. You know, mm. transport gets popped right off the bat. It's like, uh, you know, could have used that, right? Yeah. So, um, so and, and then going forward too with that, like, as you're um, building your armies, building your lists, you know, you keep that in mind. You also keep in mind the theater selectors you're using. There might be options in those theater selectors that give you some kind of advantage for for stuff like that um so you know if you're you're building your list and you're kind of tinkering with a lot more specialized units or smaller units you know just keep in mind for knowing your deployment is smaller units that you have there's pretty good chance that they're going to get taken out uh you know quickly and and a bit easier than some other units they might be tough as nails um you know with veterans which is a pretty good chance uh but a heavy howitzer is still a heavy howitzer and you know it's still gonna knock you yeah. out right <laughs> yeah you're still toast so um so yeah definitely like check that out kind of get a game plan um take a few minutes and and, and think about you know uh, how survivable your units are like that the mission where you're placed smack in the middle of of the table and you know your opponent is coming at you for me you know i'm pretty much trying to protect my commander so i tend to look to have my uh infantry units up there with them in cover um, sometimes I'll have like MMG teams just for that extra firepower. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like having a tank up there just to the simple fact that, you know, you're now on the board, like you're, you're exposed most of the time. Yeah, in that scenario. Yeah. That's, that's a tough call. I don't know if I would put a tank out either. Yeah. So, you know, unless it's one of those small, like little Polish tanks that can be <laughs> hidden by a wall, you know? Um, yeah. but yeah, overall, um, pretty much thoughts on that. Jason is just kind of know, know that deployment, you know, uh, analyze some of the, the options that you have and what your units can do. And, uh, you know, is it a kill point game? How easily can you take out the opponent's units? You know, that kind of thing, right? So totally. what's your uh what's your leadership are you likely to achieve your uh reserve role early or are you going to get stuck off yeah uh, you know those kind of things are a big deal and there's also uh you know there's also that one mission where you actually have to get off the board with the objective oh yeah right and that that definitely can be a tricky one so um and the one nice thing with bolt action is like your units can actually move pretty fast with run orders of moving 12 inch gaps. That's pretty fast. Right. So yeah. uh, again, are you going to grab that objective with a smaller unit? You might just to hide it away from things, but if you got a bigger unit, at least it can survive a bit more. So, you know, plan your, plan your route plan what units you want to use so yeah i think that's uh that's kind of uh the idea for this this whole topic is just study your mission i guess study the mission study the layout um make sure you got the right tools for the job get her done <laughs> get her done <laughs> let her rip so and of course uh you know going uh with this whole concept and idea is this is based off of of the 
you know the missions in the main rule book right um and as you guys go and you play these campaign scenarios you're going to find so many different missions and and it's the best thing to do is just kind of you know take a few minutes and really read the mission and then plan out your force uh, especially if they end up dividing your force into reserves and first waves um so so yeah that's pretty much i guess the advice i have for that um, how about yeah, you jason any other any thoughts on that I, th I think that's really about all and i mean i am a 50 50 win loss ratio uh commander so take what i say with a grain of salt <laughs> right on right on well if any of you guys listening you know have any thoughts or ideas or comments uh please please let me know post it in the comments below uh you know or help if you have help <laughs> bring me yeah. up to the 40 <laughs> winning losing general let's see <laughs> exactly um so yeah if if you have any ideas or if you guys want to hear about other kind of stuff uh just hit us up uh, here at trident war gaming let us know email or comment um we'll definitely take a look at that and uh start talking about more topics like that so uh again uh thanks jason for for jumping on with me and uh having the share of the knowledge and uh, experience between us for these no games worries. and whatnot so no problem and uh thanks to you guys for for checking us out and listening and hopefully you guys enjoyed and uh again you know check out our instagram and facebook uh youtube we got lots of different videos from uh hobby videos to unboxing and uh and whatnot plus their podcasts so uh definitely check that out and hopefully we'll see you guys on the next one Take care, everybody. Bye.